1: And welcome back to the show. If you are a first-time listener, we are now coming to you twice a week. So make sure you're hitting that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. We bring so much to you guys each and every week in living that toxin-free lifestyle, whether it's an expert or um like tonight, where we're sharing a really impactful story, but she's also an author and speaker, a little bit of an expert too as well. we are always bringing value to you to help you have all the tools at your um, in your arsenal so that you can make the better choices in your life so tonight we've got the bald Warrior. So she created a movement. Not this gal, she's on fire. I mean, she created a whole movement. I love it. She's an author, a speaker. She is a transformative coach and a management accountant. We're going to have to get into what exactly a management accountant is. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: she's the founder of the bald warrior movement really ties huge into her story and it spreads awareness of alopecia then fights uh, social norms she inspires women globally to start believing in themselves take back their power and live authentically by sharing their personal story or her personal struggles of death Bullying, domestic violence, self sabotage, and single parenthood. Well, you got like you like covered all my little high points. (laughs) Um, I'm so happy to have Kathy Tate with us tonight. Kathy, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Oh,
2: thanks, Amy. It's a real uh, privilege and um, pleasure to be here with you and your listeners.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You have. Um, I wish you guys, I know that we're recording video and at some point the video is going to go out here because Kathy's making a statement and I'll let her dive into her story. But not only and um, is she did she create this movement with the Bald Warrior Project, but she has got, I'm pretty sure it's the entire back portion of her head is tattooed side, um, you know. And I know there's a story behind the tattoo that is on there. So we're going to let her get into it. But this all started, very, very young age for you. You had your first uh, life event, shall we call it, at the age of eight. You want yeah. to you know, share with us how what happened then?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I had an older sister. I have two sisters. I, um, my older sister was only just a year older than me, so 14 months older than me, and we were really close. And from a young age, about four, she actually uh, developed leukemia, mm. um, which I'm sure most people will know what that is, but it's a cancer of the blood. And at age eight, um, she was eight, I was seven. No, at I was eight and she was nine. She actually passed away from leukemia. So it was a huge traumatic event for me because she she was my best friend, like she was probably, besides my my mother, she was like the number one person in my life. So it hit pretty hard because in for a long time she was sick and um, for the last few months she had sort of been on the couch quite a lot and then I woke up one day and she was just gone.
0: Mm.
2: Even and though I knew it was coming, it, that didn't actually help at all. She was just gone. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, 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 you know, we as adults uh, struggle to deal with grief and you know that kind of trauma that happens in our life. I can't even imagine as a young child at the age of eight, um, you know what that did to just really kind of rock your world um, in terms of emotions.
2: I think that the emotions for such a young mind are so overpowering you cannot even comprehend them. There was just this overwhelming um, emptiness that she was gone and this overwhelming sadness that I had lost something really special and this just confusion as to why and how and, you know, um, it, it rocked everything in my world and there there wasn't really anybody that could give me any answers either to just sort of help me come to terms with it. Um, and I guess... Uh, our culture was sort of like just suck it up and carry on, and you know that's what we did, and so it kind of got suppressed um, yeah. you know, instead of dealt with.
1: Yeah, know. I I I don't know your age, um, you know how where you're at, but I lost my mom when I was ten, and it wasn't until I was at uh, nineteen, yeah, not twenty. I think I was twenty years old when I actually dealt with the grief of losing her. Um, you know, yeah because, uh, again you just you didn't talk about it it just no happened. we go on with life yeah. You know. yeah exactly that, that's
2: exactly how it was and you know speaking to people about your emotions really wasn't a thing 40 years ago either so <laughs> there's there's my age I'm 47 this year late this year <laughs> so um yeah so this was about or 30, 38 years ago, 39 years ago. It was a long time ago now and things were very different. Like we've come a long way in our culture when it comes to healing emotional and a mental pain. Um, but back then it just wasn't really dealt with. Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely.
2: So I I sort of like I suppressed all that just to carry on, I guess, because suddenly this sister was gone and I had another sister who was four years younger than me so she really didn't understand what was happening at all um and about a year later all all of that emotional pain just manifested physically it just went by (laughs) yeah shall I just launch into that Amy
1: Hey, it's only a year, you know, you know, stretch in time, but, but you're right. You know, when you have the strong emotions that we don't deal with, you know, sometimes it comes out in our bodies in just really bizarre ways. So, you know, you've got, you've got a story and, and I want our listeners to hear that.
2: Yeah. So about a year later, um, This this girl I was sitting next to at school, she turned to me and she said, your hair's falling out all over the desk and you've got this ball patch on your head. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what's she talking about? (laughs) And I looked down at my desk and sure enough, there's hair all over it. And that's how fast it happened. It was just like, boom, there was hair there. One day it started and that was it. And so that was really confusing as well and a bit scary too because, um, you know, all really and this is very common that we associate hair loss with cancer because that's what happens when you get traditional cancer treatment is it makes your hair fall out. So that's really the number one assumption that people make about hair loss. And uh, you know, I'd just seen my li- my big sister go through years of treatment on and off, and she had periods where she had no hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, I guess, automatically where your brain goes to start with: is like, oh shit, have I got cancer too? Yeah, like what's going on? And um, you know, we didn't know what was going on, so it actually started with this whole. Uh, progression of visits to doctors and specialists and my parents tried every doctor that exists every specialty that exists like we went to see them over the coming years I was even experimented on by doctors to see because uh, they really didn't know what alopecia you know they had a, they had a name for it a label for it but they really didn't understand why it happened and whether it could be stopped or changed Um, And that's still in its infancy, although they do know now that uh, it is genetic and they've found 13 different genes responsible for the 13 different types. Um, And I have probably the second most common type, which is called alopecia areata. The first most common type is actually male and female pattern baldness that's actually alopecia and about 75 percent of the world have that okay so um you probably didn't realize you had alopecia out there guys
1: <laughs> but you do <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah that's interesting interesting so then you went you so you went through this whole so let's get the question out amy <laughs> <laughs> we're learning how to talk tonight apparently so um you're young so you're nine years old and you're losing your hair so did you have total hair loss or was it no. a spotty type thing
2: it was a spotty thing and that's what ariata means it means the patches okay so the one that's total which is very common too is called universalist and um, I see a lot of that, a lot of young kids just get universalists without any rhyme or reason. I had Ariato, which was actually kind of harder because you look a bit like an alien <laughs> <laughs> with these weird like holes in your hair and short of shaving the whole thing off and actually you can still see them because your hair is dark at the scalp and then these patches are like completely clear, Clear of. Hair. It was really tough because you did look really different from everybody else. And sure. as I went into high school, I got really badly bullied about it. And then we made the really bad decision of putting a wig on me for school. And then the boys thought that was great fun pulling that off me and calling me names. And that did some really deep psychological damage
1: to me. Actually,
2: I couldn't even say the word wig for over ten years. That's I, how much that damaged me.
1: Oh, I, I can imagine. I mean, kids are horrible. Kids are- They're
2: ruthless. They, yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's absolutely horrible. And I, I can't even imagine, you know, the, uh, my own experiences, I was a person who, when I was growing up, and I know it's going to sound really superficial, but I was very, very thin and I was made fun of, I was so thin, you know, when I was in high school, I was, you know, uh, chicken legs, and, you know, they, they've got a name for everybody, you know, it, yeah. if you ha- if you just don't fit that norm, then you're going to be bullied and called names, and, but I can't even imagine, um, you know, something like that and, and and how that has to really feel inside because those are such transformative years in our life. Yeah, it, it was quite crushing.
2: And I guess um, the impact that it had on me was because of the doctors and the experiments and then the teasing and the names, I actually grew to believe I was a freak. And yeah, and I lived in this little town where no one actually knew what it was um, and I couldn't be anonymous either. So, you know, I grew that self-belief of myself and it actually affected me for all of my 20s and 30s as well. So it had a huge long-lasting effect on how I felt about myself, what I believed about myself, my own self-worth and self-esteem, which then set off a kind of chain reaction as I got older in the choices I made for myself and the things I allowed to happen to me. So You know, I think the key message about my childhood is that if you have a child going through something really tough or traumatic or they're getting bullied, you really need to pay attention and get them some help around it because the damage that it can do to their psyche in those years will carry on through their adulthood and will result in poor life choices and poor self esteem. But it can be helped. When they're young, like you can do something about it that will actually change the course of their lives and you'll actually empower them to be stronger. But if it's just let go, it can be a dangerous road, you know.
1: Right. Oh my gosh. I Yeah. So you, when, um, I know we talked about depression and anxiety and, um, you know, did did you ever have times where you just ever felt, suicidal like this was you know why am I here um yes
2: uh, I'm not I don't I don't really get anxiety but while having said that I would get anxious about my wig flying off my head in the window (laughs) um you know being discovered because Part of the danger of the whole wig thing is keeping it a secret and then you're carrying this big secret around with you that you don't want people to know because you want them to think you are normal. So there was anxiousness around that, I guess. Yeah. And then I fell into a very violent, toxic relationship when I was about 20 and ended up um, a year later getting pregnant with him. And um there were definitely times in, in those two years I was with him where I was having massive self-doubt around what I was doing on this planet. Was it even worth it? You know, I'd rather be with my sister and I couldn't see the point or purpose to life. And then I got pregnant and it changed everything because then it became about the baby, protecting the baby and a better life for the baby. I do believe that my son was sent to me to save me and to get me out and to bring me strength to change my life. Because without him coming, I don't know that I would have made it. It was just such a hopeless situation. Talk about bottom of a pit. I was down there and I was digging it deeper.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I... I um... I have tears because you're, you're saying my story here, you know, I can can very relate. I, you know, I had my son at a young age and, and I, I believe, you know, that, that he was my, he was my saving grace in more than one occasion, um, Mm. you know, in, in my life. And, and, um, you know, where some look at, you know, situations that happen in our lives as, as. I don't know, you know, some different event. I, I truly believe that that he was always a blessing in my life, always. Yeah.
2: I actually went into a cathedral and prayed for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was having doubts about my faith at the time because, of, you know, the last 15 years and what had happened to me. But I, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to give you a shot, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so I prayed to Mary, actually, and said, yeah. look, send me a baby, send me something to believe in, something to love because I can't continue like this. And it was probably within a month or two I became pregnant. So it actually did restore some faith to me. And while my faith has kind of evolved into spirituality and um, a little bit different than a Christian faith, um, I have a very, very strong faith that things happen for a reason, that we're presented with difficulties and choices for a reason and that we have lessons that we're here to learn and I think that that faith throughout my whole life um has kept me going even through my darkest times and you know there have been a few dark points mm-hmm. um but having that connection and knowing that it's not for nothing it,
1: it it's made all the difference for me And what a, I mean, what a testament, what a true testament. And I think that going through those deep, dark times that, you know, we go through, number one, when we start talking and sharing about it, we do find we're not the only ones. You know, we find that there are other people and we can find that, you know, collectively, um, you know, we are a powerhouse with each other in support and, and encouragement and lifting, you know, each other up. I just, you know, I love that community, uh, that, that we can create. So, um, I want to get into the alopecia. Is that, is the hair loss the only symptom that you have with alopecia or is there any other kind of physical things? Because it is an autoimmune disease, what the research.
2: Yeah, look, that's a really great question. And, um, there, there are other, uh, other symptoms uh, like your nails can pit or streak, um, which is associated with alopecia, because your hair, your teeth and your nails are made of the same compound. Right? Um, so there is often linkages there. Um, and, yes, it's an autoimmune disease. Um, and uh, it's actually quite funny because... You can have alopecia and like never get sick at all because somehow it makes sure your immune um, system much stronger. And that's pretty much what's happened with me. For for a while in my twenties, I used to get tonsillitis once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every few years I might get a cold. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it for me. I, I'm like, Apart from no hair, I'm actually really, really (laughs) strong. And then there are other people that have this autoimmune disease and they've got like five other autoimmune diseases. And they'd be like, well, that's not happening to me. I've got this, this, and And I can't even name them because they're such long, crazy names that have for these things. Um, So it, it actually, there's no rules around it. It's actually crazy. Alopecia can hit anybody, any gender, any age, any culture, any background, doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, you can get alopecia and there's no guarantee that you'll get any type of symptom, that you'll get another autoimmune disease or you won't. It's just so random. The only thing that is bound to happen is you're going to lose some hair somewhere. (laughs) There is a type of alopecia where it just affects beards in men and it's just their beard, their hair's fine, the rest of them is fine, and they just have little circles in their beards. So <laughs> it's a crazy and, and there's that. another type that has triangle shapes and then there's another type where you compu- like you have this compulsion to pull out your eyelashes. Ah. It's nuts. Like it's just inexplicable, which is probably
1: why they have so much trouble going, how do we help these people? What do we do? I I pulled out my book because I, I, I'm a firm believer that there are are emotions tied into a lot of the things that we suffer with. And I kind of get from you that you are too, but listen to what it says about autoimmune diseases. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me. (laughs) It says laughing on the outside, but crying on the inside feels totally helpless has given up a deep seated grief isn't that yeah you know I, we, I would say that's spot
2: on because that's what i did for most of my life before i turned around and and changed it for myself that's exactly and you don't let people in like that was one <sighs> of the things that i did for about, You know, I had maybe two or three friends and I let them in about halfway, but I never let anybody all the way in, only my son. He's the only person I've been close totally. to intimately, yeah. like he shared real pain with pretty much my whole life. Like I just do not trust people that far. Well, and you, it's it's got to be that childhood damage that is done it hurts so badly
1: that i just put a wall up and that was that well you've got you've got the double whammy with um because i can relate to i i did not have the bullying and that type of thing you did so you got the whammy with that but when you have early loss i firmly believe 100% that we put those walls up because by golly if we love, you're going away. If I love you, you're going to go away. And And I don't want to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. My
2: dad died when I was 12 as well. So I had a second loss in my childhood. That was, it compounded everything because my dad and I were really close. Like I was the daddy's girl, like not in a girly way. Like we would go shooting together. Like that was <laughs> our thing. He you know, he was cool. Like and I always really missed not having him. Like it became this hollow thing in my life. Yeah. And probably had a lot to do with my choices and partners as well. Um and I tell you one really, really tough thing is I've never been able to rely on anybody to make me feel safe ever. Not once in my life. Nobody has ever made me feel safe like a father would or should or can. I have to do that for myself. And that's something it took me my whole life to understand as I was trying to find the safety in my partners and husbands and you know, the men I chose. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually chose men that would never make me feel safe.
1: Hey there, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand, that hey, we're not all scientists and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know, from essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there. They're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you want to shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's it's really you know, the things that we need the most that, that we, you know, like, push away the most as well so part of what you do you know as being an author your your uh, your book is called bald, bald warrior uh right is that correct yes okay it is and then i was reading up and you have um a talk that you do that's called mirror love oh i do yes do you still um, do that talk? And yeah,
2: I, yeah. I, just, Look, I, I will do any talk for anybody. That's how much <laughs> I want to impact people. I just love it. And I, I, have a, I actually have a, a, a recorded this same talk in a mini version as a video as well, as a helping video too. Awesome. Um, so I might, I might put that up when you air this to coincide so people can go and see it. Beautiful. Um, Because I think it would help your audience. Uh, Because I don't actually have a recording of me doing the mirror talk on stage. But I do have this. And it's really about helping people confront the mirror and start self-love. Because I know for me, I couldn't confront the mirror for a long time. And sure, I may have had reason. But I actually believe that 99% of us can't confront the mirror. Look into our own eyes and say, I love you. And I think it's really a huge part of your evolution personally to be able to get to the point where you can do that and mean it. I think it'll make a huge difference in your self-esteem.
1: Oh, I would love if you would share that with our audience. And, and so we'll, we will connect and make sure that to, to make that happen with people. Um, yeah. One of the other things that I saw you know, posted up to was you talked about the three secrets to thought. So- to stop self-sabotage for good. Do you want to share, um, you know, what, what, you know, things that you have done in your life or, you know, these three secrets that you have it, because for me, I know, I know I lived a life of self-sabotage. I, if I got too comfortable to, uh, you know, I was afraid. I was afraid of success. I was afraid of failure. I was, uh, didn't think I was good enough. I, you know, I had all that limiting self beliefs that anytime I was turning the corner for success, oh, we're not having any part of that. Boom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, and even even imposter syndrome, if you read it, uh, listeners have heard of that, is, is also a, a deep-seated self-sabotage. And that's that feeling of fraud you get where you are qualified but then you still doubt yourself anyway um, yeah. in very simple terms. Uh, and, look, I think that self-sabotage is something that's common to all humanity and we all do it in one form or another. And I I was a queen at self <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> I was great at it. I was so good at it, it was my comfort zone. Oh, sure. And um, I actually really enjoyed a lot of my self sabotage. And I remember at times during my life where. I was sort of, you know, into spiritual development and interpersonal development thinking, you know what, I'm quite happy here self-sabotaging, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would, I would put my progress off for two or three years and just wallow in, in my fun, you know, which was really self-sabotage, let's face it, you know, because like you said a minute ago, laughing on the outside, but on the inside, I was terrified of what having to face all this meant for me. And, um, you know, our self-sabotages really are just a cover for Mm -hmm. our deep-seated fears and self-beliefs, as you said. And so they're basically the three secrets, Um, you know, uh, understanding uh, what triggers you to self-sabotage, understanding the emotions around that trigger and where they come from. And then the third one is your self-beliefs and your belief systems and um, I actually created a five-day stop self-sabotage challenge that helps you figure those three secrets out for yourself oh, wonderful. and because I want to help people you know I this is my calling helping people I've actually made it free to access so anybody listening in can jump over and enroll and do it at their own pace um and and have that self-healing start Um, and it's look I'm not gonna lie it's a heavy duty thing to look at self-sabotaging and and a lot of people get stuck in the five Mm -hmm. days and can't finish Mm -hmm. but if that happens just reach out because you know I've got systems in place to help you get unstuck again and to help you sort of work through stuff but you know it's it's something that we have to be ready for and I know that I needed to be ready myself to start the change and involvement process of healing myself and for a long time I wasn't and that's completely normal yeah. I think um, you know we're already in our own time and that's different for everybody and we'll depend on you know, how, how deep you're stuck and what you're stuck in because we've all had different things happen mm-hmm. to us and we've all had really shitty things happen to us. So <laughs> we're all going to be stuck at different points, I think. Absolutely. But, you know, that's there. That's why I created it. I want to help people get out of that and to evolve on. And so it's there for whenever you're, and it will always be there. I'll never shut it down. And where, where is that found at? Um, So if you just go to creedlinks.com, there will be a button um, in that menu to access, to enroll. Uh, So that's creed, C-R-E-E-D, links.com. All of my links are at that one spot. So anything you want from Board Warrior, if you want to watch my story, you want to do the challenge, you want to see about getting coaching, you want to... Find my book to um,
1: get my book. All of it will always be on that one place. Wonderful, that's a great. Thank you for sharing that because now my audience knows exactly how to get a hold of you. You know, yeah. self sabotage is is such a powerful thing, and and I agree with you. You have to be ready because some, you know, here I knew I was getting to a point where I I was ready to start at least looking at it when I knew that. I know I'm doing something to myself from stopping it, but that fear of the unknown just was so huge to me that even though I didn't like where I was, that th- this space that I'm at doesn't feel good and it's not, it's yucky. I, I don't know what word to put on it, but it's yucky, but I know it. You know, yeah. I'm- Oh, yes, yes, I, absolutely. I, I know this, this over here, I don't know. And everybody tells me it's going to be better, but I don't know that, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
2: there's a reason people say better the devil you know, right? <laughs> that, you know, all those great cliches are actually rooted in some sort of truth. But I have some tips to help with fear. Okay. Because part of the bold warrior creed is to embrace fear. And it's a, it's a set of values and codes that I live by and teach because and, and fear is a really real thing for mm-hmm. anybody experiencing it. Um, and I don't believe that you can, you can fight it. I believe actually you have fears for a reason because they're the things that you need to examine and look at and grow with. So right. that's the first thing is instead of fearing the fear, understand that it's actually like a signpost. It's like, you know, the, when the roadrunner holds up the sign for the coyote, that's, that's your fear and it's there because you need to look at it and our instinct is to run away from it. But actually what you want to do is step into it okay. and um, look at it and go, okay, well, what am I actually scared of? What are the feelings that are coming up for me around this fear? And the more you can sort of understand them, the less scary it will become. Okay. Um, and I, I think too, if you can look at your scenarios, so go, okay, well, what if I did this and map that out? What if I did this and map that out? I'm a plan B girl. I always have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. Always. <laughs> that's just how it operates. So try that. And then try and look at what's the worst thing that can happen, the absolute worst thing that can happen. If you can get comfortable with the absolute worst thing that can happen, it will actually dissolve the fear. Right. Right? Right. So that's the big tip when it comes to fear. One, that there are signposts for what you need to look at. Two, start sort of digging your toes in and getting a feel for it and looking at the emotions around it. And three, start making plan Bs and plan Cs and looking at our worst-case scenario. And and you will find that actually it will get a lot easier to look at it and to touch it and to feel it. And that may take two or three times. It may take five or ten times. Fears are fears because they're very real to us. But they're also because we stick ourselves in comfort zones. But I believe that we can make new comfort zones yeah. So the more you look at something and touch it and talk about it or write about it or feel it or get into it, the less uh, it will have power over you, and the more comfort you like. You're inching towards a new comfort zone, sure. right? And then getting comfortable with that worst case scenario is like jumping over your last line. Right. If you get comfortable with that, well, there's actually nothing left to be scared of, right? Right. Unless it's cockroaches. I don't know how to get that rid of that
1: one. <laughs> I have this, um, terrifying fear of heights. I I mean, terrifying fear of heights. Well now, all all right, Kathy, uh, your, your plan here is okay. Worst case scenario is I am going to fall to my death. All right. Yes. fine. Pretty not comfortable with
2: that. <laughs> well, you say, yeah, right. And, but you say that you're not comfortable with that, but then I know that you have faith and spirituality, yeah. right? Yes, I do. So actually you need to bring that into that worst case picture and go, well, would I fall to my death or am I not finished here yet? Right. Right. And, you know, you're not finished here yet. So, you know, you won't be falling to your death just yet. It's... <laughs> so that kind of takes that one off the table. <laughs> Dang, I have to see take that? that one. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Time to book the skydive into the calendar, Amy. I, listen to this one. So my girlfriend and I, we both wanted to skydive. Now I'm terrified of heights, but I will still go out and I will do all the things, you know, and I, and, and I go do it, um, petrified, but I do it. And so we were going to book, in fact, we were, it, I think it was the following weekend, we were going to book, we are down here, I'm a snowbird, so I, I'm in Arizona in, in the wintertime. And um, I think it's called Eloy, is where the, most people will go to do their skydiving, and the, you do a tandem jump and, and that type of thing. So we're super excited about it. I think it was coming up a, between our birthdays, so it was going to be kind of a celebration type thing. And then someone died their parachute did not open down at Eloy and it was like nope that was <laughs> off the bucket list <laughs> oh dear
2: yes I can understand why you would go uh uh nope uh, no, no, <laughs> nope 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 and well see happen. their time was up they'd done everything <laughs> they'd needed to do this life see? so what a way to go
1: <laughs> You are doing <laughs> I love, I mean, right? But we do yeah. indoor skydiving. We have done that. That's um, cool, isn't it? In the tube? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, my son surprised me with that a couple of years ago and it was awesome. Like there is no fear there. You feel completely safe. Yes. And you get to, I still squealed as I went <laughs> up and down the tube because <laughs> I'm a squealer. <laughs> but it was great. I, I would like to do that again. Actually, might suggest that next visit.
1: Yeah, we, we, um, we did that with, I did it with my sister and my girlfriend that we were going to go out to the, um. Uh, you know, the real skydiving. And um, it was the, the three of us and her daughter and her husband. And we all went three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is that good. Oh, can't yeah. do it just once. <laughs> Anyways. All right. All right. So we've digressed. We're off on other topics. <laughs> Kathy, you've given us so much and truly you know, we talked about autoimmune, but we really tied that into emotions and mental. And I believe that that fifth pillar of living the toxin-free lifestyle with the, the mental is, is huge. It's absolutely huge and such a powerful difference it makes in our life. And you are a prime example of that. Is there final thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with?
2: Um, yeah, actually, you know, I think a really important thing that we haven't talked about is our um, consuming need to follow social norms and social conventions. And I, I have to throw some dust on this because it's one of my movement's aims. Okay. Um, I, I actually believe social norms are quite damaging And um, they've been created by society to keep us in line, to keep us behaving, to follow the rules so that there isn't chaos and they can manage us, right? So that's the first thing to understand about social rules and social norms. Um, And they're based on the fear of losing your tribe, which is a primitive brain fear. You want to fit in, you want everyone to like you, you want to be part of the tribe because that's safer and then you won't get killed by the liar right? That's how our primitive brain works. So that's kind of where social norms come from. But actually a lot of social norms are just, you know, uh, sort of things that we're supposed to follow to to fall in line, but not actually things that are good for us as individuals. Um, And if you think back to just a 100 years ago and the way women were treated in terms of equality and uh, there was a time where we weren't allowed to vote, when we weren't allowed to own property, when we had to do as our husband says, and if he, in the privacy of our own home, beat us up, well, that was okay too because we were his property, right? And they were social norms and social conventions of the time and so we fought against those ones. and But there are some that remain that are really still quite damaging and one of those is the social norms around body image. So whether that's, um, you know, tall, short, fat, thin, bald, too hairy, um, you know, funny sort of scars or tattoos or whatever it is, they're they're norms around fitting into this ideal image that isn't actually a real person. And that's something that I just want to make everyone aware. You've got to stop thinking and caring about what other people think and, and care about what you think. And that comes back to this sort of self-belief and value system and go, well, what's important to me? What is really, what are my top five values? I'm going to live to those and they're important enough to me to go, I don't care what you think or you think or you think, they're important to me. Right. And apply that same thinking to your Um, your body image norms around yourself and this is where the mirror love exercise like reinforces this because um, a lot of this other stuff is internal Mm -hmm. and um, we still have this overwhelming need to be accepted externally like physically like I know so many women who are horrified at the thought of shaving their hair off they're like oh I couldn't do that as part of Who I am and actually (laughs) the bravest most life-changing thing you can ever do for yourself is to do something radical like shave your head one of my girlfriends shaved her head to help me spread awareness and she said it completely changed her life completely changed the way she felt about herself the way other people perceived her and the way she um saw herself and so her confidence went to a whole new level after she found this sort of you know what I don't need my hair to be gorgeous and beautiful and it was an epiphany for her and she didn't have alopecia; she did it for me Um, and so whether it's your hair or something else it doesn't matter Um, you know it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy it works equally radically change something about yourself have a giggle at how other people perceive it, and then
1: go. I'm amazing. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. I I couldn't agree a thousand times more. You know, w- with that, and um, you know, we are when we have no values inside. We're just going to be floating on everybody else's ship and we're going yeah. to be at the leisure of what you know everybody else is going to dictate to us so you know what a powerful statement with that you know in term, determining your your values and you know learning to love the body that you're in that god gave you and know that it's it's perfectly created and even if you want to change you know in a healthy way um, you know, you can love exactly where you are and then, you know, still make those strides. I just, I can't. And, that. and that whole values exercise is
2: in that five day challenge too.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Mm. What, a, what a great thing um, for our listeners to be able to go in and access. Um, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to be able to get to all of your stuff through that creedlinks.com. Absolutely. Yes. Um, You can um, jump on Facebook and
2: find me on Facebook through there as well. I'm all over the show. You can pretty much find Bald Warrior anywhere. You can just Google Bold Warrior and you'll find me.
1: Bold Warrior. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Bold Warrior, one word. Yep. Yep. You, Kathy, are a light to this world. Um, I can just see just the greatness and energy shining through you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Amy. I love speaking to new audiences and reaching out to help people around the world. It, it lights me up. And it shows.
0: <laughs> That's all for this episode of the Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health.